Welcome to Positively Leading, the podcast that's all about helping you grow your resilience, leadership and influence. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Howling, and each week we will be diving into a variety of topics related to leadership, communication and personal growth. From feedback and accountability to diversity and inclusion, we'll explore the skills and strategies that you need to become a more effective leader. So whether you are looking to improve your communication skills, build strong relationships with your team, or simply become more confident in your role, join me on this journey of growth and discovery, and let's get positively leading. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Positively Leading. Now this episode is part three of four in a special series on feedback. Now, in the first in the series, we took a more high-level view of feedback and its importance, and we thought about why feedback can be hard to give and receive well, and importantly, how we might start to reimagine feedback, and I shared my growth principles so that you can create the most effective feedback experience. Now, in the second in the series, that was the last episode, I shared three different kinds of feedback that we need to thrive and how to give feedback that feels good, people want to receive and that makes a difference. And I shared two simple frameworks to do that as well. And if you haven't listened to those two episodes yet, I encourage you to do so. And if we scoot ahead to the last in the series next week, I'm going to be sharing how to build a culture of feedback. But today, importantly, we're going to explore something that's rarely talked about and actually rarely taught in feedback or communication courses. And yet it is so important. And that's how to get better at receiving feedback, even if you didn't ask for it, even if you don't want it, and even if you think it's just plain wrong. Now, it's like two sides of a coin, isn't it? You know, we, we spend so much time in training, training and supporting people to give better feedback. And yet, What we also want to be doing is the other side of that is to help people to receive feedback better. And that's what we're going to be thinking about today. And more specifically, I'm going to be sharing three reasons or three triggers, actually, about why feedback can be hard to receive, two mindset shifts that have really helped me to reframe feedback, and then finally, four tips that will help you to receive feedback in the moment. Now, when I was an international school principal, I would interview hundreds of candidates every year for teaching and also for leadership positions. And I remember one question that we sometimes asked was, what's the most difficult piece of feedback you've ever been given? Because we wanted to know how people responded to that. So let me ask you that now. What's been the most difficult piece of feedback that you've ever been given? Now, for me, I don't need to think about that for long, even though it was given to me around 15 years ago. And the feedback was, Sarah, you're just not a people person. Now, I can remember where I was sat. I can remember where I was, what was happening. I can remember the room. I can even remember how it started to spin. There was no sugar coating, no feedback sandwich, no sensitivity, which actually is ironic considering the feedback. Um, But those seven little words, Sarah, you're just not a people person, rocked me to the core. And I now understand why, because it hit all three triggers which can make receiving feedback difficult. Now, what I'm about to share is influenced by the fabulous work of Douglas Stone and Sheila Heen 
of the Harvard Negotiation Project. And I learned so much from them while I was studying negotiation at Harvard and also from their book, Thanks for the Feedback. Now, I am sure that you are curious to find out what these three feedback triggers are. So let's start with these. Now, the first is identity and belief triggers. Now, as humans, we are wired to learn and grow. We throw ourselves into all sorts of learning, whether it's from yoga to IT to music, whatever that might be. And we're happy to get feedback to improve. But when we're learning about ourselves, this is somehow different. And there's an inherent tension between learning and being accepted. And I've spoken in previous episodes about how we're wired for connection and belonging, and we crave this. And sometimes feedback hits home because regardless of whether we agree with it or not, it's like this laser beam that can cut into that sense of who we are. And before we even blinked, we've gone into the fight, flight or freeze response. So that physiological unconscious response because it hits at our identity, the identity level. Now, in the case of my feedback, I've always prided myself on forging strong relationships with people, you know, collaborating, and I care. And I think, or I thought, I was doing those things whilst getting things done. I didn't see myself at all in that feedback. And I felt overwhelmed, I felt threatened, and I was literally thrown off balance by this feedback. So I think that identity and belief trigger was definitely something I was you know, working through in that moment. Now, the second trigger is a content trigger. And this is when we feel that the feedback itself, the content of the feedback is unfair or unhelpful or just wrong. And feedback is simply somebody's perspective. And when done right, with the right intention, feedback is there to help us to discover those blind spots they're called blind spots for a reason. We can't see them ourselves a lot of the time. So it's designed to help us to discover these and to help us to learn and grow and change. And we'll explore this a little bit more in some strategies later in this episode. But when you receive feedback that you think is just downright wrong, it is a monumental task to say, hmm, thank you, and to lean in and to ask for more details. You know, your heart rates up, your palms are sweaty, you've gone into fight, flight or freeze mode. It doesn't matter what else follows because internally you are screaming, what do you mean I'm not a people person? And it's really hard to sort of like talk yourself down from that. Now, if you've listened to the previous two episodes in the series about how to give great feedback, I'm wondering if you can spot how the language and the feedback that I received contributed to my response both in content and also in identity triggers. Sarah, you're just not a people person. Did you spot it? If you did, great stuff. And it's because it started with you are, or in my case, you're not. You're not a people person. Now, I'm not saying that I might have responded any differently if it was phrased differently, but I probably would have. If the feedback had been specific, if the feedback had been behavioral, if the feedback had just been sharing what somebody noticed, then I would probably be, probably have been able to listen to that differently. So language matters and the tiny tweaks that we make can make a world of difference. Now I have digressed a bit there, but I thought it was helpful to spotlight in this example 
that how we give feedback and the language that we use can really influence how it's received. Okay, so trigger number one, identity and beliefs. Trigger number two is content. And trigger number three are connection triggers. Now, this third obstacle to being receptive to feedback is not actually to do with the feedback itself. Instead, it's about the person giving the feedback and how you might be feeling towards them. Now, this is not helped when the feedback is delivered in a way that feels less like a gift and more like a root canal. It doesn't help when you don't feel connected, when you don't feel cared for, when you don't feel respected by the person that's giving the feedback. It is never going to land well. In my case, so you don't think I'm a people person. That's hilarious coming from you, considering what you've just said. And at that point, I start to zone out. Yeah, and I'm thinking about all the different times to the arguments that I have. You know, I am a people person. How dare you say that to me? So that connection trigger, that relationship trigger, was the third one. Okay, so there are three core things here, three core obstacles. Connection, content, and then identity and belief triggers. Now, if we know these obstacles, knowledge is power. (laughs) But that's sometimes not enough. You're probably wondering now, okay, great. How do I actually overcome them? So I'm going to offer, first of all, two mindset shifts or two ways if you like, to reframe feedback. And then I'll offer some strategies for you when you are actually in the moment receiving it. So first of all, the first mindset shift is, number one, it's not about you. Feedback doesn't tell you just about you. It tells you about the person that's giving the feedback. And this is even if it starts with you are. So feedback tells us about the person giving the feedback. It tells us about their values, their preferences, their opinions, their expectations. And if I take this podcast as an example, I pour lots of thought, lots of effort, lots of love into each episode. And my goal is to provide bite-sized chunks of learning, insight and inspiration about leading positively. Now, five people could listen to an episode and none of them like it very much. Now, does that give me any facts about the quality of the episode? No, actually, it only gives me facts about what those people like or don't like. What if a thousand people didn't like it? It would be the same. It would tell me what leaders find helpful or what leaders like or dislike. Now, by the way, I'm not saying that it would be easy for me if a thousand people didn't like it. But it doesn't necessarily tell me about my value or the podcast quality. It simply tells me I'm not reaching the people I want to reach. So it gives me tactical information. It gives me data. It tells me what resonates with my desired audience. And that is helpful. So with this strategy, with this mindset shift of it not being about you, this this makes it easier to process feedback. And then what we can do is we can get curious about actually what the other person values or expects or wants. Now, mindset shift one is also related to shift number two. And I call this use it or lose it. And this is about identifying what actually in the feedback is strategically helpful for you and then using it or losing it or letting it go. So ask yourself, is this feedback relevant to my goals? And if the answer is no, for example, perhaps the feedback is not coming from your line manager, 
or a key stakeholder, or perhaps it's coming from a random person on social media, then if that's the case, let it go, lose it. However, if it is relevant, for example, the feedback is critical because you want to progress in a job, you want to make a positive impression, or you want to improve in a particular skill, then you want to use it. And if that's the case, then you can say, okay, great, I've got data here to help me. So feedback is just data. And the questions then to ask, okay, well, how do I want to adapt to work? You can get strategic, you can make a plan, you can go back and ask for further information, or you might ask for it in the moment if you're in a position to do so. But what you're able to do is use it. So the two mindset shifts, which are different but related, the first one is it's not about you. It only tells you about the other person. And two, what do you want to use and what do you want to lose? You have that choice. Now, finally today, I'm going to share four tips that will just help you to receive feedback well. The first is that preparation is key. Now, if you know you're going to go and receive feedback, preparing mentally and emotionally before you go into the conversation is a game changer. So ask yourself what might be said and think through the good, the bad and the ugly. Really mentally prepare, but visualize yourself remaining calm throughout. You might want to practice some deep, calming breaths before you go in and also during. And remember, it's only someone's perspective and then practice saying thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Just practice it. So preparation is key. The second tip is to know your likely triggers. Now you know the three possible triggers and as I say knowledge is power. You can then do some pre-thinking about this too. So are you likely to be triggered by identity and belief, by content or by connection? And think this through before you go in. And then in the moment, get curious and say, oh, yes, I'm feeling really angry at the moment. It's probably because whatever it might be. So the more you're able to name that, the more distance you're able to put between you and the emotion that you're feeling. So the second strategy or tip is to know your likely triggers. And the third is to seek to understand and look for the learning. Now, remember, you might not agree with all of it or any of it, actually. But trying to remember that feedback can give you a perspective that you are not able to have for yourself. And as I mentioned earlier, remember, they're called blind spots for a reason. So look for the learning. Now, when you're calm and when you're in a position to listen and to hear it, you might want to ask for more detail. And as I say, always look for the learning. A further tip actually on this is when you're in a feedback conversation and you don't agree, don't give feedback on the feedback. Just simply say thank you, go away, process it, and you can always return and be curious later. And then finally, no matter what you're thinking and feeling, curiosity can really be the antidote. Your brain cannot hold two conflicting beliefs at the same time. So if you get curious, It can really help you to shift out of judgment or out of blame or out of frustration or out of anger. So some favorite phrases of mine are, how fascinating, how fascinating. I wonder what's going on for the person that's sharing that. And I ask, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And then when you've got that, you can move into a question. Could you tell me more about that? 
Now, if you need to listen to the feedback because it's coming from a line manager, ask them, what advice would you give me now? So you're able to deepen and pull out the learning and get a really clear picture of expectations and how to succeed. So those are the four tips then to help you to receive feedback well. All right, so as we've come to the end of today's episode, just to recap, we've covered the three reasons or the three triggers that make feedback hard to receive, the two mindset shifts that really have helped me to reframe feedback, and I hope they can help you too, and then finally, four tips or four strategies that can help you to receive feedback actually in the moment. And as always, it is my heartfelt hope that it's helpful for you and that there is a nugget that you can take away and that you can implement straight away or perhaps something that inspires further thought for you. And if you are interested in learning more about how to build a culture of feedback and learning and growth beyond what I cover in the podcast, please do send me a message at sarah at sarahowling.com because I have a range of programs, both coaching and training, that can support you in this area. Now, remember, next episode, we are going to be exploring how to create a culture of feedback. So I'm hoping that you will join me. And until then, keep on positively leading. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Positively Leading. I hope you found it helpful in your journey to becoming a better leader. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback not only helps me grow, but also helps others discover the podcast and join our community of positive leaders. And if you'd like to work with me, you can head over to sarahowling.com to find out how. Thanks once again for listening. And remember, the world needs more brilliant leaders just like you. So keep on positively leading.